I, I, I've been thinking about this this past week, and, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but I, I, think for some of us, I think for some of us, good friendships can be hard to come by. Have you experienced that ever? Really good, solid friends are hard to come by. The pandemic, it's kind of changed the way that we do so many things, including how we make friends. Uh, for a lot of us, we were already glued to a screen for work. We barely got out. We didn't really see anybody. And of course, in 2020, that number had skyrocketed. More than ever before, we are on screens and much less in person. And honestly, Zoom's great, but Zoom meetings can be a little weird. And I know you know what I'm talking about because you've met those people that make Zoom meetings a little weird or a little awkward. Like, like maybe you've met this guy. Have you met the guy that is always on mute and he doesn't know it? Like this? I know you know this guy. Or maybe you've met the guy that he's watching TV, but he doesn't want anybody to know that he is. Or maybe you've met this guy. He just seems to be so thirsty. He's either eating or he's drinking nonstop. How about the guy that always seems to be unmuted at the right time? Have you ever done that? Oh yeah, this entire meeting could have been an email. And the experience for so many of you, you're trying to be a parent and be on a Zoom call, and it goes something like this. Yes. No. No, you can have string cheese. No. No, you can't have that. No. No, you can have string cheese. String cheese. You can have string cheese or you can have nothing at all. Now, I know you've met some of those people. Actually, I also know some of you, you are those people. But either way, here's the reality is that you go to a Zoom meeting and it's a little weird. Like before it begins, nobody's checking on each other. There's no conversations. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? How you feeling? I noticed you weren't here last week. You okay? Hey, how are the kids? Like that doesn't happen. Nope, the first five minutes of Zoom are just the worst. That's it, they're, they're the worst. We all just stare at the screen. We don't know what to do. Everybody feels awkward, it's weird. Now, social media also takes a little bit of the blame for, for messing up our friendships. Uh, maybe too much of the blame, actually, but it is one of the culprits. Like over the last several years, I think we've traded real friends for Facebook friends. We all got a ton of friends that we interact with, but really only by reading or liking maybe some of their posts. But we have very few meaningful and vulnerable interactions with them, like real friends. And most of the time, it turns out to be more like shouting our opinions into the void rather than real friendship. And so have we made likes more valuable than actually being likable in our culture? If you like that, just give me some likes, would you please? Just in the comments, just hit the thumb. Just give me some likes. Just, just do it. Go ahead. Do it. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Remember the good old days when the most annoying thing on social media was food pics? I would take some food pics right now and be so happy about it. Listen, making friends is hard especially right now. We're trying to recover from shutdowns and quarantines and isolation, and we're all over the map with our comfort level on whether we're okay with being with people or not. We're wrestling with how to adapt to a new reality of an online community like this. But there are other significant reasons why it's hard to find friends. 
I think that the breakdown of family relationships is one of those. In our culture, it's really common because families, they're breaking down. So we're not learning how to figure things out in the family. We don't know how to work through conflict and stay committed to one another. You should learn that in the family. Instead, we're being taught that you should disassociate if you disagree. Disassociate with me if you don't agree with me. What we're really learning is how to divorce from one another and suppress our emotions. I also think that individualism and consumerism in our culture makes it hard to find friends. Like we don't have to think that much about community or, 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 or others in our culture. We have a personal, curated, private media feed that's it's coming to us all the time and it really it's defining and shaping our world. And it trains us how to think of ourselves instead of thinking of others. I also think there's a, there's a lack of civil dialogue in our culture today, in our social media, in our politics, in our conversations. And we all know that screens have played some kind of a part in this. I mean, people are much bolder when they're sitting behind a keyboard and a screen than they are in person. It used to be, you'd never say some of the things that you would say today. Why? Because you're sitting right there in front of a person and you know they're gonna punch you right in the face. So you would never say that. But we've been saying it for so long over screens that maybe it's just becoming who we are now. It's very uncivil. We can't talk to each other. And if we can't talk to each other, we can't solve problems. This idea that if we don't agree, we can't dialogue in our culture, it's so ridiculous. Contrary to popular opinion, disagreement does not mean that we can't be friends. I also think that busyness contributes in our culture today. We're busy running around, even still, even as we work from home, we're, we're even starting to lose some of the health that maybe some of us found in a slower schedule during the pandemic, and we're losing it now. And the boundaries between work and home, they get, they get fuzzy, and we don't know when to stop working, and we don't know, frankly, if are these my relaxing sweats or are these my work sweats? I, I have no idea what sweats I'm wearing right now. We've lost track of time. And so I think a lot of us have struggled to ma make it work and have time for friendships. But still, even though I think all that's true and even though all, that, all, all of that exists, I think that people still want to have friends. People still want and need to have a desire for close friendships and relationships. Now we're in this series called Notably Different and we're talking about how 2020 was a notably different year because of all the things that were forced upon us. 2021, we believe, also has the ability to be a notably different year, but we get to choose why it's notably different. And so we're choosing to be notably different as we're formed in Christ. So I've got good news for you today. Jesus has a better way for notably different relationships. We're gonna go to Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Here's what it says. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no command greater than these. Jesus boils this whole thing, the most important thing down to these two relationships. Love God with everything you got and love your neighbor like you would yourself. So what that means is, is that relationship with God and with people are the ways you follow Jesus. Did you hear that? Relationship with God and with people are the ways that you and I follow Jesus. Christianity cannot be practiced as an isolated, 
individualized spirituality. Too many of us are tempted to go that way. And the reason for that is because friends are the God-designed way that you and I flourish in this life. Listen, you and I are the church, and church should not just be a, a friendly place that you go to. Church should be the place where you find friends, whether on person or in person or online. This is a part of what should make us notably different. Relationships and community are what people so desperately need, and you and I, we have it. We have what they need, and that should be the thing that they take note of when they meet us. I'll say it even stronger than that. It is the way that people should be drawn to us. People don't know or understand or get the fact that they need a savior uh, immediately on their own, but they do know that they're isolated and they do know they need people in the church. You and me, we can be the answer to that. So let's just decide. We're gonna be the people of God, the community of friends, the church who embrace the lonely, who live together as friends, where we say everybody's invited into this thing. In fact, today is group Sunday, everybody. And so that means I wanna convince every single one of you that are with me Yes, you, I'm talking to you. I wanna convince everybody here to join up and become part of a group. We're gonna have some links here in the chat. In fact, we'll drop links right now for online groups and, and the other groups will drop links in the chat. Just You can go check those out when you want to, but check it out, find a group, jump in. We'll talk about that more at the end of the message today. But have you ever heard of the Johari Window? The Johari Window was created by two therapists in 1955. And apparently, the name of it comes from the two therapists that designed it. It was Joe and Harry. I guess that's better than the Harry Joe window. So I apologize for saying that. I, I'm sorry. But it, what it is, it's a tool to help you understand your relationship with yourself and with others. And so we all have these four quadrants. You and me, we all have these four quadrants that are operating in our lives. You've got the arena of your life. This is the part of you where you, you, know, what, you know this area about you. But other people also know the area that, that about you. So, so essentially what, what it is, it's your public self. It's your public persona. It's on the surface. Everybody can see it. I mean, I, you, you, you love pizza. Everybody knows it. You eat a lot of it. Like it's the public persona. Everybody knows this about you. You also have the facade. You've got a facade and it's, it's known to you, things that you know about yourself, but other people don't know it. This is where you have masks. You hide things about yourself where you have insecurities and so you try to cover them up so nobody really gets to see what's really in there. People don't know it. You also have blind spots. Yes, I'm sorry to break the news to you, but you have blind spots, so do I. And it's stuff that I don't know about myself and other people don't know about, uh, sorry, other people do know about me. I don't know it, but other people can see it. And we all need people who can visualize that, help us understand it and overcome it. Everybody needs that. You also have an unknown quadrant. And so this is stuff that's not known to other people and it's not known to you. Stuff about you that nobody knows, only God knows. All of us have these four quadrants operating in our life all the time. And we all need people in our lives that can help us navigate these four quadrants. Obviously, you can't navigate them on your own. How can you navigate a blind spot if you don't know and you can't see it? You can't, we need people. When I was in college, I had a couple friends, John and Glenn. And John and Glenn and I, we had a routine we would, if one of us was screwing up and making bad decisions in life, the other two guys recognized it. They would take the other guy, drive him to a restaurant, and they talked to him about it. Every time we had to have one of those conversations, we drove to Bennigan's. I don't know if you know Bennigan's, but we'd go to Bennigan's, we'd eat Monte Cristo, and we would talk about it. 
And so this is the way it would work. We'd say, hey, you guys want to go to dinner? Yeah, let's go to dinner. You jump in the car. And if you didn't know where you were going, you're probably in trouble. Because the other two guys say, hey, let's go to Bennigan's. And if they say that, you're like, oh, it's me, isn't it? You're going to talk to me, aren't you? And the answer was always yes. I had many Bennigan's conversations towards me. I gave many Bennigan's conversations towards the other two guys. And we had several of those and they were life altering and life changing where we were going off in the wrong direction. And two guys who loved us and loved Jesus said, hey, let us help you. We see your blind spots. We see this unknown thing about you. Let us help you. I'm telling you, it helped direct my life to where I am today. All of us need people that will have Bennigan's conversations with us. Everybody needs that. God has a plan for how you work all this stuff out of your life. And they're called friends. It's God's design. And our relationships, they become notably different when we start to do this and we would practice our faith in a trusted community. Look at John chapter 13, verse 34. Here's what it says. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So how do we create notably different relationships where that happens? How do we make friends? Well, I think the first thing we do is you make Jesus your first friend. Jesus has to be your first friend. Look at John chapter 15, verse 15. It says, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant, he doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I have made known to you. Remember Mark 12, right? We read at the beginning, love the Lord your God with heart, mind, soul, strength. Jesus is saying he has led his friends in on everything that the father is doing. If you follow him, if you're close to him, you know what the father father is doing. Jesus is not hiding anything. The father is not hiding. He doesn't want us to hide anything. He wants us to be vulnerable and open with him. That means that you start to know his deepest desires, his assignments for your life, his purposes for you. You know all of those things. You know his love, you know his ways. Why? Because you spend time with him. When I was growing up, I always heard this, that you become like the people that you spend the most time with. And I'm just telling you, it's true. My wife and I, after 20 years, are becoming more like each other all the time. You become like the people you spend the most time with. How much time are you spending with Jesus? Make Jesus your first friend. But most of us, what we do is we, we add Jesus onto our relationships. We, we, we hang out with whoever we want to and do whatever we want to. And if we got a little time, we're gonna throw some Jesus on top of those relationships. Instead, just decide, I'm gonna ask Jesus what relationships I should add to my life. And if you do this, you can begin to say, my relationships are notably different because my friendship with Jesus determines all of my other relationships. That's how you make friends. Make Jesus your first friend. The second thing you do is you can learn the art of initiation. I just wanna encourage you to do it today. I wanna help you. I want you to have an incredible 2021. And this is what you can do. Learn the art of initiation. I want you to look at Proverbs 18, verse 24. It says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. If we're honest, a lot of us just sit home mad. Why? Because nobody invited me. Nobody called me. Nobody asked me. I don't know why. Nobody called me. Here's the thing. We all bear the responsibility to make friends. Proverbs says you should be friendly first. 
you should go first and be a friend to other people. But we're afraid to initiate. Like we're nervous. We don't like to do it. Why? Why don't we want to initiate relationships with people? Oh, they're not going to like me. Uh, Maybe I won't like them. Maybe it won't work out. It's a waste of time. I just don't have the time. I'm too busy. Listen, initiating friendship is a true art form. And as God's people, you and I, we should be the finest artists. Because at the end of the day, it's really not that hard to do. Most of us had parents that taught us, walk up to that kid on the playground, look them in the eye and say, do you want to play with me? And then go play. Most of us had parents that taught us how to do that. So find those conversations, find those people that you've already had some conversations with around the church or in your office. Just find somebody and just ask them, hey, let's go out for coffee. Hey, you got any time? Maybe we should go out for lunch after church. Let's go hang out. And if you haven't had some conversations with anyone, well, then walk up, look them in the eye, stick your hand out and say, hi, my name's Brent. Would you like to hang out? And just start something. Start a friendship, start a conversation, initiate. And if you're not ready to be in person yet, that's fine too. Then organize a Zoom dinner, invite somebody to dinner, make food, turn on Zoom and sit there and enjoy one another. Listen to one another eat on Zoom. I don't know what could be better than that. Have a Zoom game night with one another. Watch, there's lots of ways to watch a movie together on Netflix and other streaming devices. Just find a way and be together. Let's make the notable difference, difference in our community that you and I, we initiate friendships. The third thing that you can do if you just want to make some friends is develop the skill of listening. James 1.19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everybody, everybody. Oops, we didn't get there, did we? I think we're missing it. (laughs) We might be missing three. Hang on. We're almost there. Hang on, everybody. We're missing three. We've missed three. It's okay. Here's three. Just pretend it's right here. It's develop the skill of listening. James 119, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Look, listening really is a skill. You got so distracted by the fact that I didn't have the scripture. You're having a hard time listening to me right now. Tune in. Use the skill. Listening is really a skill. Think about this. I think here's what James is saying. If you're slower to start speaking, I think the Apostle James is saying you'll be slower to become angry. Like hold your tongue and you'll slow down your anger. And when you're in a conversation, it's so easy to just come up with what you're gonna say next and how I'm gonna have a rebuttal for what they've said or what I'm gonna do to carry on the conversation. Don't do that. Just stop. Really listen. But more than that, we've gotta be asking good questions. And actually listening to really hear the answers. Hey, what are you interested in? Hey, what's really good about your life right now? Hey, what are you excited about? What are you passionate about? What are you struggling with? What's really going on in your life right now? Hey, would you tell me a little bit of your story? We can ask those kinds of questions. Move deeper with one another and practice really listening. And we can use five little magic words like this. Tell me more about that. Just tell me more about that and let the conversation continue to flow. Just use it to skill. At the end of the day, the reality is you got two ears, you got one mouth, enough said. Just go for it. The fourth thing that you and I can do if you want to make friends is you can unleash the power of encouragement. Unleash the power of encouragement in your life. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul language or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and hopeful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who who hear them. What, when was the last time in your life you felt really encouraged by somebody? 
was the last time that somebody just made your day? For most of us, it's probably been a while. We've become such a, such a critical, such a cynical and skeptical society. The notable difference about God's people, about you and me, is that we're proactive in encouraging one another. We're highlighting the best in each of us, working to draw out the best in each of us and offering the best of, e- of each of us to one another. Encouragement is in and of itself a gift. It's a gift that you can receive and it's a gift that you can give. So let's decide, church, we're gonna be generous with our encouragement. It will make our community notable. And the fifth and final thing today is, is if you wanna make friends, you, you gotta learn how to live in the freedom of forgiveness. Live in the freedom of forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Why are relationships so hard? Why do we tend to avoid them? It's because we can get hurt. And I think you've heard this before, but there's a really important truth that all of us have to understand, and it is that hurt people will hurt people and are easily hurt by others. If people have been hurt, they can quickly hurt other people, and they easily get hurt by, one, by other people. We all have to reckon with that. We all have to realize some of us are living in that way right now. But Jesus is really clear on forgiveness. He says that forgiveness, it's not forgetting or ignoring an offense. Forgiveness is just a decision. And healing is a process. And it's okay for you to go through that process and take the time that's necessary. Forgiveness is the decision that you're gonna withhold your judgment and you're gonna release the other party to God's judgment. It's that process where you, you free yourself from being controlled by the wounds of other people. I like how George Washington Carver said it. He said, I will never let another man ruin my life by making me hate him. I will never give anybody that kind of a power. Listen, as followers of Jesus, we aren't people who hold grudges. We aren't people who seek revenge on others. In fact, you can't be a follower of Jesus and do this regularly. We have to be willing and able to process and forgive, to forgive people, to freely give to them what's been given to us. Now, I want you to imagine with me what would happen if all of us actually started to do these five things. If all of us started to live like this, not only would we be a healthy and spiritually vibrant and growing community, but we would become a desirable community that other people wanted to belong to. People would come to just be a part of what's happening and what they see in you as you live like a real disciple of Jesus. So I just wanna ask you, would you join us in making One Chapel a place to belong? Making One Chapel a place where everybody can belong. Would you work with me over this next season of 2021 into the spring? Would you work with us to create real community together? Let's make our relationships notably different. Here's the truth. It only works if you decide. It only works if you decide that you're gonna do it too, that you're gonna join in. We need you. There are people in this church that need you. There are people in your life that need you. Let's decide to jump in a group, to join the community, to make a place to belong. So today we're gonna end, we're ending a little bit early. I want you to do something. I want you to take just a few minutes. We're gonna drop a link in the, in the chat. I want you to click on those. We'll drop a link that has online groups specifically. If you wanna stay home, that's great. We'll drop a link that tells all the groups around one chapel and you can click those. We'll drop those two links and you can click on them and check them out, read through, peruse. Would you do that today before you go on with your day? And 
don't just look, but just sign up. There's a blue button that says join a group. Just click join a group. Answer three questions and we will get back to you and help you find your fit. Would you do that today? In fact, at the end of the service today, we're gonna have a QR code on the screen if you're watching on a, if you're watching on your TV or some other device and you can point your phone at it, point your camera at it. It'll take you right to the link and you can check things out right there. And that'll be on for a few minutes right as soon as we get done here. Let's just decide. 2021 will be notably different because our relationships will be notably different because we said yes to Jesus and we said yes to one another. We pray with me? Heavenly Father, we ask that you would do this miracle in our midst. 2021 was so hard. Sorry, 2020 was so hard. And 2021, frankly, hasn't been a picnic yet either. But God, you're at work and you're moving. And we want this year to be a notably different year. So would you come? Would you fill us? Would you give us the wisdom and the direction and the guidance and the endurance to jump in, to find relationships, to initiate, to forgive, to encourage, to do all the things that we can do to make this a notably different place where people come, find relationships, and find life in Jesus. We thank you for this. I pray for everybody that's at home right now that you would help them to find their fit. Fill them up and give them grace. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. 